Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined by The Process, Joe Holbert. <laughs> Joe's back, everybody. I feel like it's been three months since I've yeah. talked to you. It feels like it's been a long time. I mean, look, I must say, and you've kind of attacked the elephant in the room immediately, here, <laughs> but oh, this should be my triumphant return, shouldn't it? Like, this should be like pyro going off. Yes. But I think everyone is aware this is about to be sad, and then it should be. It should be disappointing. Uh, but we will get to the basketball talk later, and we'll both suffer through that when it comes. <laughs> At first, I am told, Jeremy, that we are supposed to talk about wrestling. Before we get there, I do want to thank everyone. Everyone was very nice. They, they wished me well. Uh, they said, you know, you don't have to watch wrestling if you don't want to. Just turn it into a Houston Rockets podcast we'll talk about later. No. And, here, here <laughs> no, I am. we're not doing that. I'm here to confirm, Jeremy. I have not watched it. No, I'm kidding. I've watched all the wrestling other than NXT, which is banned. I'll never mention it again. And apparently, from what I hear, the biggest party of the summer is mere days away. So I'm ready. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, the biggest party of the summer, allegedly, is the is just on Sunday, however many days that is from yeah. now. Going to be a lot of virtual people at this show, Joseph. A lot of oh, virtual yeah. people partying, yes. you know, bathing suits, flip-flops. They should have yeah. had this show on a boat. I'm still mad they didn't have this show on a boat. That's the one issue with this, and we're going to get to the new setup and stuff. It's like, when you've heard of a boat being, you know, yeah. this, is very, this is very disappointing by comparison. But it's something, right? We'll take the, the victories where we can, nonetheless. Uh, we're going to talk wrestling. We're going to put five minutes on the clock. Uh, first off, thank you to Denise Salcedo, who filled in last week. We talked about Taylor Swift for about 45 minutes of the hour. Joe, I know you're disappointed you missed that show and our big discussion. I know, <laughs> right? I had so much to add, and it, I just missed out on that one. Incredible. Bray, Bray Wyatt being the Taylor Swift of wrestling got a lot of people. A lot of people. Okay, hang on. So... I know we're like on a time. We need to actually. We got topics. Yeah, whatever. But whatever. I need to ask you this because I know you get accused of the clickbaitery a lot, right? You, you, <laughs> yes. You've come in. Apparently. I tweeted the Distraction podcast last week <laughs> to show support for the squad, and someone was like, "This is terrible clickbait." And I was thinking, 
there isn't really any clickbait here, right? It's no. just like a take. Yeah. It's not like anyone's going to be like, oh, wow, Taylor Swift is now Bray Wyatt. I don't, understand what the, <laughs> I don't understand what the lie was. It was just a take with a picture of Bray Wyatt. But anyway, you're the pro on that stuff. I don't know. It was legitimately a throwaway line on the show because we were talking about the, the layers that Taylor Swift has on her, her music and stuff and all like the fan theories people have with her music. Mm-hmm. And I legitimately, it was just, I was like, oh yeah, you know they call Bray Wyatt the Taylor Swift of wrestling. And Denise is like, do they really? I was like, no, I just made that up. I've never heard anyone say that. But I was so proud of this line. I was like, I know if I make this the uh, the little image for, for the podcast, people are just going to like go crazy over this. Yeah. And so it completely worked. It, it 100% worked. Sure, you can I call mean, it clickbait. There's a but... very good chance that that is now the second highest rated show ever. <laughs> very good chance. Which would be... I mean, I'm going to have to take another week off so you can get the hat trick and have all the top three. Just for that, Joel. So, anyway, yes, um, we'll get into the layers later. Not the Taylor Swift ones. That was for last week. We'll get into the Bray Wyatt ones, definitely. Uh, here we go. Let's put five minutes on the clock. First topic, Renee Young is apparently leaving WWE. She's, she's scheduled to work SummerSlam this Sunday, but according to uh, OutKick, she is gone at some point. She gave her notice uh, last week, according to PW Insider, and she's done, Joe. So what do you think of uh, Renee going elsewhere? Well, firstly, Jeremy, I'm very thankful that I didn't tweet any hot takes because <laughs> I would have hated to be quote tweeted into oblivion. Um, oh. We'll get into that. I want to give you the ball on that one because I yeah. know where you're coming from. <laughs> Renee is going to be someone that was, will be remembered very, very fondly. And the best part about saying that is not only will she, she be remembered fondly, she, we loved having her in wrestling, right? This isn't yes. a thing where in 20 years people are going to go, oh, Renee, people really enjoyed having her around. And I agree with your take that as far as the actual television shows, they could have unlocked her more. She's so good at off the cuff and being quick, and that really doesn't suit their presentation the time she was there. But yeah, I mean, she's she's only like behind Jean, right? As far as that, that kind of personality, that's the only person you could really put on her level. So um, it's a. I agree with your take that it's a miss and a loss for WWE, but like it's not really because of what they have her do. Like, and I don't mean that as a knock on either party, even it's just where they're at. Like, it is what it is. Um, but she had some great moments in talking smack. Like, that time of SmackDown will kind of live forever. And that shows a big part of it. So, it's a loss for wrestling, I think, more than it is just like WWE's TV. Yeah, I don't think it's a loss for WWE television at all. And that's no knock on Renee. That's yeah. not even, I mean, it's a, it's a slight knock on WWE. They could have done so much more with her and yes. this is like this was my my tweet and then of course all these people these wwe defenders want to dunk on me and stuff and whatever um my point was like yeah they gave her opportunities look they gave her talking smack they had her do pre-show stuff they did interviews they did hosting they gave her wwe backstage no one ever said she didn't get opportunities my issue was it's almost like they gave her too many opportunities and they did so many stop and start with those opportunities where they could have just had her do like the sit down interview stuff or the backstage interview stuff. And she just could have done that her entire career and been fantastic. And not only do that her entire career, but actually utilize, actually let her be herself in those moments. Like this is something uh, we talk about on kind of like the TEW series of like 
these backstage interviewers, bless Charlie and Kayla and Sarah and whoever else they have and stuff, but like they just ask the generic questions and th that that's what they're there for. I, they've done a little bit more personality stuff with, with Charlie flirting with Angel Garza and whatnot, but for the most part, they're just there to hold a microphone, ask questions, and, and that's it. You don't actually know who these who these women are. And if you watch Renee on these other shows, specifically Talking Smack, but, but even WWE Backstage, or just watch Total Divas, follow her on Twitter, whatever, you can tell that she has a very great personality and is very good at just like riffing and can hold her own and that stuff. You would never know that for mo if you just watch like her WWE television stuff. And I, I wish they would just utilize her more to those strengths in, instead of just reining her in on that stuff mm -hmm. that that's really that was my entire point it was never about oh they didn't give her enough like they obviously did it, it's the same it's the same thing with like wrestlers like they gave them three intercontinental title runs and two tag team title runs yeah. and and six months as the world champion what more do you want from like do you remember any of this like do you do you actually <laughs> remember like any of these runs did they matter like no they don't like Renee. You at least remember that stuff, and that's a testament to her. But they just could have utilized her better. That 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 was my entire yes. point. And people, WWE fans, were very mad. But you know, yes. that's what they're gonna do. Well, I logged onto Twitter and people were subtweeting someone, and I was like, oh, someone said something. <laughs> and then I found out it was my podcast co-host <laughs> getting attacked from all the. Man, I was getting subtweeted. I don't, you know, if people want to reply to me in mentions, I'll. I did have some people just be like, well, what do you mean? And then I told them, well, this is like, I clarified what I was trying to say. And they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But then, yeah. you know, you got the people who want to quote tweet and be like, this is the worst take ever. And I was like, man, you need to read more on Twitter. There's far worse yeah. takes out there. Your take literally was just like, it's a shame they didn't get to do more on TV. And people yeah. were like, get out. <laughs> they're like, they had her do all of these things on TV. I was like, yes. okay, cool, but did they really utilize her to the best of her ability? And I, I think it's a universal no, they didn't. I would agree. There's a segment on the era of SmackDown that I was just talking about where the Talk and Smack set was used on TV for an interview segment. Someone may better find this, but it definitely happened. It was The Miz. Um, and the idea was, I guess... They like that setting to do a promo rather than have everyone come out to the ring or do that. Like, and I remember thinking, like, would it have hurt SmackDown? And to be clear, before I say this, I know it's hard to get everyone on the show as it is, but that probably could have been something they did often. Like, my suggestion was the main Gene deal. Gene on, a, on Nitro was literally in like every other segment, right? Like, he would be, like, hosting the show almost from the rampway, or he would go to the ring to interview someone after a match. Um, and that would have been fun, but even if she just stayed at, like, a, a set... Uh, and you could have done sit-down interviews. That would have been fine. So it's, it is disappointing in that element. Like, I, I think it's it would be cool if we had more awesome moments to happen on television. I think when people make the Renee Young highlight reel, there'll be a lot of, like, dot-com, YouTube, yes. WWE Network stuff. And, like, to be clear, they may say to that, that's just, like, how it's... Like, that's where it is now. And that may be the case. I don't know how many people watch those things by comparison. Seems like a missed opportunity to me. But I guess... At least they were smart enough to allow her to do cool things with the these kind of online crew. At least you got that much, right? The online stuff is where it's at. Like that's where Kathy yeah. Kelly w was thriving before mm -hmm. she ended up leaving. And and Renee put out like the the Instagram post of like, I know what I bring to the table. I'm not afraid to eat alone. 
And it's like, you know, maybe she wasn't like totally happy with everything she was doing and she wanted to be utilized better yeah. and stuff too. So I, I don't know. Renee, wherever she goes, she's going to kill it. Like she's, yeah. she's exceptional at this stuff. And I hope she gets the uh, Today Show gig or whatever the morning talk show thing is and Moxley can retire and become fat like he wants to and they just live the happiest life they can possibly live. Uh, she did great things in WWE on television they could have done more with her i w- i really wish the wwe backstage stuff worked because it sounded like they wanted to like build the whole fox sports one wwe mm-hmm. brand around her and i think that would have been great unfortunately and this is no fault of wwe fox sports renee things just didn't work out there yes it was that's a tough situation that's a little bit of a what if here's my question jeremy who will induct renee young into the 2044 <laughs> class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, Daniel Bryan. Yes. Daniel Bryan. That would be so awesome. Yes. <laughs> let's do that soon, actually. Yeah. Like, we don't need to wait. Till, let's do that next year, actually. Yes. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm all in on this. Uh, Renee will not be part of the long-term Thunderdome joseph they they're moving out of the performance center they start in a residency at the amway center for at least two months it could extend beyond that but basically wwe is promising a virtual fan experience they're gonna have big led boards and there's there's another report going around from alex mccarthy that shane mcmahon is in talks to potentially get uh, take over raw this is the report i don't know how true it is i trust okay. mccarthy but even he was like it's single sourced i couldn't get other anybody else to really confirm it it's it, shit they're interested in giving shane mcmahon raw joseph wwe is making some type of changes we know the thunderdome is confirmed maybe shane mcmahon takes over raw does any of this matter in the long term oh look i don't i'll say this much big fan of going with like a full wrestling name like thunderdome is peak it's just peak sports entertainment carnage i'm i'm, I'm yeah. in on that shane is um shane's playing the game pal he, he knows that the other <laughs> game the, the other game is not quite looking like the potential leader he may have so i have no idea with that i assume he's already pretty involved there was a report about him being involved in rumble right yeah. which was the thing i like most this year in WWE, so maybe he's a genius. Maybe we never know. Um, the Thunderdome, I mean, look, I must say, and I've been kind of very much alone on this, I thought, like, the PC setting was basically fine. Like, I, I understand people hate it, but to me, at the end, it just became like a studio show. Like, it didn't bother me. Right. Um, but it is nice to change the scenery, and this is the home of your next NBA champions. <laughs> Correct, Jeremy? Right? That, that's the true. Uh, yeah, they, by, by the time everybody listens to this, the Magic will be up 2-0 on the Milwaukee yes. Bucks in the yes. first round. Actually, I think that game, I think the game's at like 6 o'clock today. So the game will be going on as uh, this. But maybe by the time some people listen to this, yes. they'll be up. Uh, yeah, I the Thunderdome, I don't know what, what it's going to look like. Uh, I've seen the, you know, the the pre-videos and stuff. It looks cool. I'm sure it'll be, like, for SmackDown and even for SummerSlam, maybe for Raw. I'm sure it'll be, like, cool and people are like, oh, my God, this looks so amazing and everything. It doesn't matter if, if the product doesn't actually change. Like, if the product yeah. doesn't actually change, then... It, I don't see how this stuff matters. Maybe they will change the product. Maybe they, they have just used these last 
what, seven months? How long have we been doing this, Joseph? Since March. Maybe they've used these last however many months of just like, we can't really do anything. This is going to be all just be throwaway stuff. But once we get the fans back, pal, that's, it it feels like, it really just feels like the the dangling carrot of like, this is, this is what we've got to do. This will turn things around. It's very TNA-ish of like, just need prime time. Just need that Spike TV primetime deal, and yeah. it's going to turn everything around. I mean, I would, I'll say this much, and I think you may be right, but here's what I'll say. The stalling that they've done over the last five months in the PC, infinitely better than the stalling they did before the Fox deal last year. That's my hot take. <laughs> like, I understand a lot of people hated this last few months, and like, don't me wrong, I've not been a big fan. I've skipped a lot of it. But... I do think that last year the Fox carrot was an all Like, there was so much bad TV last year, and it was just like, when it comes, be ready. It's going to be. And then Cain Velasquez walked out. So <laughs> it can't be much worse, right? I think it's already been better in the stalling. So maybe this next will be better too. I'm being positive about this, Jeremy. Is it bad that I don't remember any of... It was so bad. It was the wild card stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Was that... Wait, that was after Mania, I thought. Wasn't the wild... When did the wild card start? Yes, after main, I'm I'm listing that whole six. Months. Oh, okay. I was I was just yes. thinking of like the three months before the Fox deal. You're going like literally after Mania yes. to Fox. It was just all 100%. stalling. All right, that's fair. I I remember yeah. part of that stuff. Uh, yeah, th- this dangling carrot stuff. I don't know. And if Shane McMahon gets control of of Raw. Hey, cool. I mean, look, Shane's just going to be doing a bunch of shoot fights on Raw every single... I hope they t- turn the whole uh, Raw into just Raw Underground. Just have all the matches in the Underground and, and just just present that. That That's my pitch. Where are you on the Raw under? Like, I, I still enjoy the idea of it. I think it's very hard to do the actual, like, competitive matches. Like, I, I think Dolph's about as equipped as you can be. And I thought his match with um, Raymond Rowe, who again never get the name. <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty hard for them to pull off like the shoot thing. Like it's easy when it's a squash, right? Because you're right. just killing the guy. Man, that was that was tougher. I thought in a competitive match. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on it. I I just don't know what the end game is, and I'm not sure they even have no, like an end game. No I mean, <laughs> they had the hurt business take over raw yes. underground the first week and then we haven't seen the hurt business back there so i i don't know what the end game is with with that uh yeah the the competitive matches are going to be tough and then they're gonna have to maybe wrestle again so it's it's a weird thing but you know bless shane shane shane's been pitching this concept for two decades and then yes. it finally came to fruition and now he's like just back in the game he's like I'm going to have Raw now. Everyone thought I was done. I was doing these other ventures. Now, 2020, this is my year. I got Raw. What, Triple H has got his little vanity brand. We, I've got Raw, pal. Yeah, I, in all seriousness, I genuinely hope Shane is okay because, like, he was sweating a lot a few years ago. <laughs> As someone that sweats a lot, I'm alarmed by that. Like, the underground appears to be the worst place for him to be. It's very that, hot there. Yes, but the segment he did, you know, we, before Dolph did the match, when they were, like, doing, like, a promo segment? Shane had a mic to Dolph. And Dolph was standing there and looked like it was like a winter's day. And shut, like, it, the sweat was pouring off this man's head. I hope he's okay. It appears that Raw would not be the job for a man that sweats at that degree. But I don't know. Uh, you know, it's not none of my business. Uh, it's very hot at the Performance Center. This is why they're going to the Thunderdome. Much cooler. Yes. Much cooler. Yes. In the NBA champions. <laughs> finals MVP. Who are we going for finals MVP here, Jeremy? Are we going with Fultz or James Ennis third? 
Evan Fournier, Google him. <laughs> yes, I'm all in on this. I'm all in on all of this being a thing. WWE sending one of their lame belts to them while they're in their arena. That'd be great. Did you, did you see the report of uh, the Bulls coach, Jim Boylan? I guess that's his name. Uh, he had the... The, the fake WWE title that would be awarded to, like, the winner of the one-on-one oh. practices. <laughs> oh, that's tough. It gets worse for him with every report, right? I mean, I, I... They, they had, the report was like, oh, yeah, he came up with, like, a bunch of gimmicks. One was, like, a, a punch clock. You punch yeah, in and punch that. out. Yeah, but the other gimmick was, like, you get a WWE title if you win, like, the <laughs> one-on-one practice. And he'd done so many of the gimmicks that people were, that the the players were just like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, this guy sucks. I'm generally one that will try to, like, side. I think the coaching job, it's a very hard job. So I try my best to sympathize. Everything you read about Jim Boyle and his place of worse. <laughs> like, at some point, you just said, like, yeah, maybe he sucks. I don't know. Sure. I'll, take, ne- I'll take the loss. I'll never forget the uh, the Bulls game against the Thunder this year. And Levine had, like, 40, maybe even 50. Like, he was cooking, hitting half-court shots because everyone hits half-court shots against OKC. And uh, Boylan, like, called the timeout and, like, cut Levine off. And then he, I think he called a play for somebody else. And you could, they had the camera on Levine. And Levine is just, like, motherfucker i've got 50 points i'm doing whatever i want <laughs> the thing that made it better was the interviews he'd do in which he'd go to that like serious voice like he was like a mafia guy talking to these reporters when they asked him simple basketball he'd be like well, who wants to know <laughs> he'd go, like, really serious and stern with him. it was glorious i'm gonna miss him to be honest but there you go uh he'll get a job with the knicks in a couple of years i'm sure yeah. uh yeah, someone say anything about that i'm gonna <laughs> SummerSlam is this Sunday, the biggest party of the summer. We have matches. I don't know what they are. I don't have the card in front of me. Uh, there are matches, though, Joseph, a lot, because yeah. it's such a big party. Not big enough to where they need it uh, over two nights, but still a very big party. Uh, the men's matches. What on the men's side are you looking forward to the most besides Dominic and Seth Rollins? Um, definitely the what I assume is the main event, which is Drew McIntyre Randy, which I am... A nine on on my excitement uh, scale, which I've always used on this You've show. You ruined this match for me, by the way. Yes, you've ruined I know. it and myself. I'm suffering too. <laughs> I have concluded that this is going to be retribution, and that is the worst. Because the one, this is a rare WWE match, and to be honest, not even this is a rare wrestling match in 2020, where both guys have actually they feel like unbeatable in the wrestling sense. You know, it's like, can you really beat Randy Flat? when he's, he's the strongest part of the show on the male side. With Drew, it's like, is it really time to take the belt off him? Retribution gives you the ultimate out on that. And I don't want him to prove us right in saying you can't beat either guy. I, I mean this sincerely. They can't afford to end this SummerSlam with some Retribution nonsense. No. Like if they're going to do it, which is bad enough, they at least need to unveil who it is. Would you agree with that? At least yes. give us a headline. It can't be just Retribution stops Alton McIntyre, rematch at payback. Like, they can't afford that. The reaction to that will be unbearable. I don't even want to go for it, okay? <laughs> Just give us a great match between two, like, I don't want to say old-score throwback, but they're two guys that carry themselves like top guys, perform as such, look as such, um, and it should be, I'm not going to say it's going to be a classic or anything like that, it should be a really good match between two guys that are doing great stuff. So that's my most exciting match. I just wish I could get rid of that, uh, that doubt in my mind. Yes, this um, is why you've ruined the match yes, for me. Because yes. ever since I saw you pitch this on Twitter, I was like, 
this is 100% what they're going to do. This yeah. is this is totally what they're going to do. I'm with you. If they do it, you've got to you've got to mm-hmm. unveil whoever it is. And and it got to be it's got to be good. It can't just be performance center <laughs> geeks that you're going to beat uh the next night on raw like it, it's gotta be like a big superstar who you actually have plans for and, and is gonna carry you honestly until like wrestlemania like he's gonna yeah. this these people this group whatever it is like they're gonna carry you all the way through the fall and and into next year um yeah it, it can't just be we're gonna come here. These little five eight dudes destroy in the ring. Maybe this is how they get out of retribution. Is like they try to stop this match, and McIntyre and Orton just like lay them all out, and then they're like, yeah. "Well, let's continue with the match. Let's let's finish this off. Retribution is done." Uh, I'm with you in that. I don't know who wins this match. I think you go with Orton. You do the rematch at at Payback, but then I don't want him. Can you beat Drew twice? Do, do you 50-50 and Drew wins and then Orton wins at payback? It's There's plenty they can do. I think yeah. that's good and bad because when they have plenty they can do, they always seem to go with like worst-case scenario. Yeah, if, if this doesn't go on last, be very alarmed that you're not even going to get like retribution. You might oh, legitimately yes. just get a count out. If, if this doesn't go on last, year. they're 100% yeah. doing a, a screw finish, like something yeah. dumb. Um, I want to be optimistic because I just think it should be great. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really concerned about that one, just from a creative point. You're not from the talent. The Braun and Bray scenario, now, Jeremy, on the other hand, <laughs> is the ultimate, and I'm complimenting him here. I mean, this is praise. It's the ultimate, like, make someone care about the finish because I, I have no interest in watching these men wrestle. But, like, I am intrigued as to what. So my fear is that it's just Braun and Alexa, like, playing the clown. They're fooling him, right? Um, but the thing that makes me believe that is not the case is Braun cannot keep this belt. Like, I'm sorry, it's, no. it's time. It's got to go back to the clown. So if it's got to go back to the clown, <laughs> this dude, this dude and Alexa turn, I don't even know if he's a heel anymore, I don't know. But let's do something fun with this Alexa Bray stuff, which, again, I reiterate, I think is pretty cool, but the audience seems to very much care about it. Would you agree, Jeremy? Would you agree it's working? <laughs> Yes, it it is working. I hope that someone headlines the distraction says Alexa Bliss, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman uh, angle is working. Some website out there headline that for me. Mark Cuban will will call you a genius like he did me the other day on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) You just need a good headline, everybody. Um, Your 180 on this is amazing because you were ready to ban this whole program if Alexa was was sister abigail and now you're like yeah sure pair up alexa and bray Let, let's do that whole thing yes well i think it's obvious why did you see the woman's battle royal last friday this is much genuinely this is a much better use of alexa than just having to be like just another person in the vision like you've because here's the thing whether you like what they did with her years ago with that big like mega push or not you've done it now right like she's one of the few people you have that's like a relative star don't just like 50-50 or into oblivion. And that, her and Nikki were getting beat every week by, by the uh, the legit boss and the role model. So this is much better. It gets to show the acting range. And, you know, she, <laughs> hey, look, in all seriousness, obviously breast and acting is very bad. 
Alexa's doing everything she can to get this thing over. She's trying her best. We've all learned why. She's doing her best here, Jeremy. Come I, on, give some credit. I Look, I have no problem with what Alexa's done. I think she's been fine. Bray has been Bray. He's very good at being Bray Wyatt and, and being the fiend and doing yeah. these type of things. Braun has been god-awful. Just <laughs> awful. I'm with you. They've got to get the belt off of this guy. Put, put it on uh bray do do the alexa bray i want alexa and the fun house i think we talked about this over text yes. uh you know we need the, like the two sides of alexa where where one side is she goes back to uh sparkle alexa bliss like disney princess like we know she wants to be a disney princess this, this that's what this whole storyline is she's auditioning yes. for a future disney role so you know the the two sides of disney princess alexa bliss i'm for this yeah, and I am convinced that this would be, like, a major hit. Like, I'm not doing a bit here. I'm being 100% serious when I tell you. Or like, Alexa just being Bray Wyatt, but in the women's division, would be, like, a legit hit, I think. So, I'm Do you want it, Alexa in, you know, like, full, like, clown mask, like, fiend mask I want type a cool thing? mask, yes. <laughs> I want... So, I want uh, the Sparkle Alexa to be in the fun house, and Bray introduces her as, like, his co-host... And they do like really excited monologues. And then I wanted to get a really evil mask and kill everyone with DDTs. That's really what I want. That's all I want, really. I'm not, we're supposed to talk about the male matches here, and I'm just fantasy booking at this point. But I, I think that's more interesting. Like, if they just do a thing with Braun, like, it's like, oh, that just kills everyone at that point. Because then Alexa goes back to doing nothing. Bray is an idiot, and Braun is still Braun. What an absolute miss that would be. This do something fun. Just get a clown mask for Alexa Bliss, please. That's what I'm asking for, Bruce. Do me the favor. Look, I'm I'm for all of this. I think WWE is at its best when they just lean into stuff like that instead of acting like that's not what they are. Because that that's yes. what they are at this point. So I, I'm for this. Uh, yes. The women's matches, there's like four titles and three wrestlers. And then Mandy and, and Sonya Deville are on this show as well. What do you think is going to happen with the Raw and SmackDown women's title as Asuka faces Bayley and Sasha Banks in separate matches? I have a question for you first. Okay. Is this the most stressful week yet for Asuka fans? <laughs> is this the worst one they've ever had as far as like, oh, they're about to murder my favorite wrestler? No, I mean, probably. Like, <laughs> like she's going to have the clown mask. She's she's going to be Kana yes. uh, Asuka coming out here yes. that's what i've been told that's the, been the rumor and the report and the innuendo for three weeks now ever since Kyrie uh sane screamed out oscar's name yeah i mean that's really gone a long way they did a lot with that um look here's what i'll say <laughs> genuinely if you give me the um the possibilities they were given last week i don't think this is a bad direction because the battle royal to make up the fact you haven't built a contender is bad it is bad, and it's very Divas title bad. I don't mean that as a knock on the talent. I mean, it, they used to do that all the time, right? Oh, let's put a woman on the back of you. Do a battle royal to crown a number contender. It's just, it's bad. Yeah. There at least is an angle here. My one issue is, and it was a great match, so I apologize for taking it away from the fans if I could go back, but, like, Bailey and Asuka should be a fresh match, but they just did, like, a long match on Raw. Yeah. And it's like, that was avoidable. <laughs> they, put, they did that to themselves <laughs> and then booked them again in a photograph. So... Look, I think there's something to be said for there being an angle here for both women because I feel for Bailey. She's always given these like lame pay-per-view matches. It's tough. Um, she's avoided that here, assuming they don't do something silly and do like a short one, which they very well could. So the big key is which belt is Asuka getting? And please tell me she's getting one because otherwise 
oh dear, this is about to get bad. She's getting one, right? Because Baszler's going to go after the other one. So which one are we saying here, Jeremy? Here's a couple things. One, this is another instance where they have multiple endings they could do here. And yes. I, I that's typically a good thing, but with WWE, it's very tough to trust that what they end up doing is going to be any good. Um, I here, here was my pitch. I think Asuka is getting both belts. And oh. then and then she is teaming with Baszler to win the women's tag team titles the following week at oh. Payback. They're going to put all the titles on Asuka now. Look, they've got to delay this Sasha Banks Bailey stuff until WrestleMania, <laughs> and they've just got to keep coming up with ways to delay it and delay it and delay it. So now you just take both belts off of them. You do another three months of them like, oh, we're not the champions anymore. You know, we're going to go after our belts and stuff. And then maybe at the Rumble time, maybe at least like five fans will be allowed in the arena by the Rumble. That's when they can do, all right, one of them has a belt. They can do the jealousy stuff. They can do the big turn. And then maybe at Mania, maybe SummerSlam next year, they can actually do the big match. But I still think they're just going to delay and delay and delay. And they're not actually going to like advance this anywhere. And so that's why I think Asuka's getting all the belts. What do you think the story actually is right now? Is it, and I'm not saying, like, I'm, I'm genuinely asking because someone explained it to me, and I think this is what it is, is the current direction is that Bailey only cares about the belts, and right. Banks allows her to have those belts, whereas the legit boss, Sasha Banks, she cares about the friendship. Um, I don't see. I don't get that though, because Banks is always holding on to the belts and side eyeing the belts and stuff. Yeah, like true. I. That, that's been the, the layers and the faces, right? Is Banks is yeah. always, like, looking at the belts. So I I don't think they know what the story is. That's the thing. They don't know. And so they're just going to keep delaying it and delaying it until they're like, okay, now we're going to pull this off. And then once they pull it off, everyone's going to go back and look at all this stuff, and you're going to see a bunch of Twitter threads and Reddit threads and everything. Like, oh, remember Sasha Banks on the March 23rd episode of Raw and the way she uh, carried the Raw women's title like this? This proved that this, when the turn actually happened, it's like they didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, I am, I'm legitimately fascinated as to what the eventual turn is here. Because they have legitimately spent six months making me just like, and in a good way, I mean, they are the most obnoxious, awful heels on the show. <laughs> and like, you're now going to have to do something where I feel bad for one of them. And I don't know, because when she went after the Raw title banks, you had the thing of like, Bailey could cost her the match because she wants to be the double champ. But now they are both double champs. Bailey helped Banks win that belt to keep her own, I guess. I don't know. Dude. I. <laughs> I am very scared of a world in which you beat every babyface and we're left to just chill for one of the two heels that beat them all. That seems bad. I don't want to see that. So at least we need Asuka to win here and get back to trying to do something. Like, to me, when I look at Raw on paper, it's like Asuka is perfect as, like, the ace champ that you just have her in the middle and you have have good matches with everyone. I don't think you have to do anything groundbreaking with her. Like, you've already seen she did a great match with Liv, right? You could have easily gone back to that before you did all this other stuff. So... I hope they get to that at some point. I am very concerned that she's going to lose both matches and <laughs> Shayna and, and Banks is your direction on Raw. By the way, Shayna being a babyface, like, I'm not criticising her or even what they've done. But if you'd have told someone a year ago 
it would be babyface Shayna like working over heel Sasha Banks and Bailey putting him like, man, there's a lot that's gone on here. It is weird, you must say. No, I'm criticizing what they've done because that promo <laughs> of where Shayna was just like, I'm not here to hurt you, Asuka. Like, I want you yeah. to win and then we'll fight. Like, what? What is this Shayna Baszler? Like, Shayna, this woman came and bit another woman <laughs> earlier yeah. this year and now she's just like it's cool you can win the title and then i'll fit what no like shayna baszler's supposed to be be beating up all of these people they yeah. they don't have a clue they do not have a clue what they're doing with her they do or... this thing where like when you're watching it it seems logical enough and sometimes you have to step back for like, how have they got here the best <laughs> example is Kyrie saying turning heel and it was like, she's a good heel, though, and you say to yourself, like, she's good at it, it just makes sense, they needed a heel turn. And you sit there and you think, how have they turned a heel within six months of arrival on the main roster? But they just, they fall in these positions, and then they get themselves out of them. It's always trying to recover, almost. Shayna was dying, let's turn her baby face. Um, I don't know, I just, it does seem like we can lock these two matches in as being good matches, so I just hope they don't mess with them in terms of like one is really short or one is a count out or something silly. I hope they don't do that at least. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, I do want to talk about it because this program was like really good. I mean, it's still good, but it was hot and then they went away for a little while for, for yeah. reasons and then they came back. And I still think it's a, it's a fairly hot program, but someone's getting their head shaved here, Joseph. And mm. I would imagine it's Sonya Deville. Um... Sean is Sean keeps harping on, you know, Sonya signed with like an agent and could go to Hollywood. And this is just Vince saying like, they ain't taking her. She's bald, pal. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, yeah. I mean that, um, I didn't think of that. Element of it. It, it seems, I, I think this is fun. I mean, it's is, it's is, I mean, it's easy to say it's old school wrestling, but it's very easy. And I think, Big credit to both of them because getting a, a non-title women's match on SummerSlam is like a legit feat. And I, I really mean like good on them for that. Uh, and good on creative for trusting them even after they missed those little those few weeks for like, it's hot enough, we can go back to it. Because they could have very easily forgotten about it. Like it, I thought they already had. So, <laughs> um, I think everyone has done a good job here. I still am struggling a little bit with Mandy as a baby face. I don't think she's found herself yet, regardless of what side of the coin they use. Um, but it's easier as a heel, right? It's easy to just be arrogant. It's like, that's the character. I think everyone has agreed that Sonya's kind of stole this thing. But Mandy, we assume she's winning both of us, and Bailey really needs a fresh baby face that people like. This is a big opportunity for both of them, but Mandy especially, I think, is going to be set up for something big after this. I hope the match goes well because I'm not saying it won't. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done 
which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm just saying they've had very little opportunity to have like long, not even long, just a proper pay-per-view match, yeah. singles, neither of them had, right? Like, I mean, Mandy had a match with Asuka where it was, which was like pure smoke and mirrors. So I hope they can make the most of it because it's a really cool opportunity and they've earned it as far as what they've done on TV. I like Mandy challenging Bailey. I think you can do some fun stuff with. I remember Otis, Money in the Bank winner, Otis. I think no. you can. <laughs> no, you probably don't. I, I don't blame you. I actually think now, now I'm reversing position. Now Bailey and Banks are going to hold all the belts and they're going to go after the Money in the Bank briefcase. Oh. That's that's the next plan for them. So I think that's the the play here. Mandy wins. They she moves on to the feud with Bailey. The Money in the Bank briefcase is what breaks up Banks and Bailey. That's uh-huh. what they're fighting over. That's my pitch. You know, it's amazing. Bailey could wrestle Otis on pay-per-view, and I'm certain the layout would still be 12 minutes, Bailey gets an eight-minute heat set, and like, <laughs> screw finish, go home. No matter who she wrestles, it could be me or you, and they'd be like, work the leg for eight minutes, come back, Sasha does something, finish. Just, yeah, there's no chance they're changing that. So, um, yeah, that could be, I mean, that could be something. I'm not going to say, I was about to say it could be fun. I don't know about that. But I hope that they do... Here's my thing. I hope they have plans for both women after this match because sometimes when you go deep into like the personal conflict territory, when it ends, it's like, yeah, and then the next conflict's about like karaoke, you know? Like it's hard. <laughs> You're going to need to follow up well with this because they both deserve that much, I think. This feud has been going on for so long too and yes. it's not completely their fault. I know they miss time, but this is just like what they do. I feel like the Iconics and Riot Squad feud has been going on for five months. Oh, they own- let me go on that. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to say this, because I think I've mentioned it. They beat them in a tag match, and now yes. they are going backwards. They're working backwards <laughs> to them getting together and beating them in a tag match. They did it two weeks ago. What are they doing with that thing? Why is the story... The story, obviously, is they come together and they eventually beat the best friends, the Iconics, proven they are also friends in the team, but they've already beaten them. What's happening? Why are we doing this? Anyway, Carol. <laughs> Sorry, Carol. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's frustrating. Naomi and Lacey is going to go on another five months. They should do more karaoke segments. Uh, it's... <sighs> Whatever happens after SummerSlam... I, I hope they can just move on to some new programs. Like I really, yeah. I really hope that they, they got the fans back. You know, they'll be chanting for Naomi. Give Naomi a chance. Um, well, just, just do something different. That's all I'm asking. Um, let's move to the, our our retro segment. Joseph, did you know before we go to the retro, we're not going to talk fully about AEW. Did you know AEW is on Saturday this week? I had that I've exclusively heard. had that exclusively confirmed by Ricky Starks. Uh, so, oh thank, wow, yeah naming my source on that one so yeah well okay um i my notes for this match jeremy and, and i know that your experience let me set it up i haven't even like get, gotten the proper did setup you not here. Say, did you say retro yeah i, I just said, said retro and you're like my notes for this match a, a retro i guess we're doing a retro ricky starks match now him against the brute yes. uh yes Carry so on. five weeks ago whenever joseph was last on this program yeah. two years yeah his retro match pick was a WCW New Blood Rising 2000 Kevin Nash against Goldberg against Scott Steiner in a shoot match, right? This was Raw Underground before Raw Underground was cool. These guys were shooting. Nobody was doing the job. Uh, this is just like peak Russo 2000 
WCW. What do you it's, what do you have on this match, Joseph? Because I I cannot wait. Well, in fairness, I want to just say before I talk about Pete Crusoe, there are a few things more peak Joe Holbert than <laughs> picking this match because it was the anniversary and then missing an episode. So they didn't know. <laughs> You were you were very excited. You were like, oh yeah, it's gonna be the anniversary of yes. this show as well. And then the twenty year anniversary of this match last week. <laughs> yes. So the first thing to note about this, which is an obvious one, is that this show obviously is named after the famed faction of the <laughs> New Blood. Which, based on my research, did not exist at the time of this pay per view. It had already died. No, yeah, they'd already killed it. Okay. We, this is a, I know Wikipedia is faulty, Jeremy. I know. <laughs> this is a direct quote from Wikipedia. Despite never being announced before or during the show, every match on the card was contested under no disqualification. <laughs> That's a real thing that appears. And it's like, but how do, But it was never announced. Like they did this afterwards? Did Shivani open the next Nitro being like, so by the way, guys, you were wondering about the rules last night. It was actually no disqualification. But anyway, I don't know. Well, well, if no, you look I've at the, this. if you look like there's a ladder match. This was the Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Yeah. Uh, four corners strap match, mud rip off the clothes match, <laughs> the Canadian rules match, which I remember that was fantastic. Oh, that's, bad. that's bad. That's real bad. It goes on for years. Yeah. Uh, tag team match, the the triple threat match, and then the the singles match. So a lot of them were kind of no disqualification <laughs> matches as is. Okay, good, thank you. Um, I've seen this a million times, but obviously this time I'm noting stuff. I'm trying to you know, be a professional. Like, in the entrances, Tony Tony begins to, like, ponder who would go over. And he's like, yes. well, like, he's like, you know, best for the promotion. Like, he starts doing, like, what we do on here, on television, <laughs> on pay-per-view. And then, so, uh, Steiner's there, Nash is there. Goldberg suffered a motorcycle accident yesterday, supposedly. <laughs> And he's not here. And they play his music, he doesn't come. They play his music a second time. And like they're saying, he's not here. And Shivani is refusing this. He says, and I quote, why would they play it a second time? Why would someone play this music unless they knew something? We never find the answer. Yeah. They don't, he doesn't come out initially when he's music played. He waits until like two minutes later. And then, Shivani had a good point. He had a correct point, but no one knows why. Who says, who says, like, you can't put it past Mr. Russo. He's a dick. You, he'll do something yeah. here. I, I assume that was Madden. Uh, I have to say, man, I, like, Madden and Hudson, I have no idea how Shivani, like, I understand why he took 16 years of wrestling. <laughs> Sitting in between them, and I, I don't, I mean, Madden is Madden. Hudson, I'm told, has times where he was good at his job. I'm not here to disparage him, but on this particular <laughs> era of WCW, he is as bad as it could possibly be. Yes. Anyway, so then Nash and Steiner just start doing a match, and Tony suggests that they watch the ring, not the monitor, because something crazy could happen. Again, no idea. No idea where he's going with this, but that's where he's at. Then they start talking about a shoot fight, and Mark, the motorcycle accident I mentioned earlier, Mark Madden describes as convenient, which, I mean, I... as it's one thing to be like, I'm feeling a bit poorly. I'm not going to come to the New Blood Rising this weekend. But I had a motorcycle accident. It's a little bit more bold, I must say. Uh, then Goldberg does come down two minutes later, and he's, his ribs are taped, which is supposed to signify, I don't know. Well, that was what he was doing? I don't know. It was in an accident, they said. So why yeah. wouldn't his ribs be taped? But it's, he must have been in the... Like, there's no... Uh, the music was playing. Someone <laughs> knew something. Right? So, so then you have Steiner start doing all his suplexes. He gets sat in the ring... Then they do this portion of brawling 
do Goldberg and Nash, in which I believe Nash is trying to like suggest that this is a real fight. Yes. And it is spectacular. <laughs> Nash is going with like the Vlad Klitschko like high arm defense while Bill tries to launch hooks over. He's having great success, it must be said. Um, and then and then Scott Hudson says, This goes back to Starcade ninety eight. Nash was on the booking committee. An incredible bomb to just throw in the middle of a wrestling match. Uh, throughout the whole match, Steiner tells the referee to count every time he goes for a pin, which is glorious. And then we get to it, Jeremy. As and if you're watching this, you haven't seen this match. What I'm about to say is true. I yes. promise. Nash prepares to jackknife Goldberg and taunts, and Goldberg stands up, which Nash is stalled. I can't <laughs> believe. And this is when uh, Bill walks off, and Russo comes out, gets right in Goldberg's face. They start shouting at each other, and. <laughs> Once he's left, Mark Madden is like, I think I think it's fair to guess that like, he didn't want to do something that would make him look bad. And Scott Hudson <laughs> responds with, literally just says, he didn't want to go up for the jackknife. What a coward, he may as well say. He, he says he didn't want to go up for the jackknife. He actually spells it all out, which is amazing. And this is where it gets even funnier. Remember last time we did WCW 95 and I said, the peak of WCW, the beauty of it is, on the surface, it's hilarious. But once you think about it, even a slight moment more, it becomes like brain melting. You can't fathom it. Because then Steiner and Nash just do like a match. <laughs> and Nash sells the post and Mark Madden's like, he's a pro. Look at the way he's falling down. He's a pro. Um, Shivani in the middle of this co-main event says, I would love to see what's going on in the back right now. <laughs> done. Tony's done. Okay. Uh, then Medeja comes down. They do a whole lot here. Um, and it's explained to us that a lot of people are going into business for themselves all over the place, which then makes me... Is this also a shoot now, Jeremy, in this fake wrestling match that Goldberg was supposed <laughs> to lose three minutes ago? And I have an answer for you, because he's about to explain to me. Uh, then uh, Nash does a DDT, and Mark Madden explains, they are really working on the fly here. I've never <laughs> seen Nash do a DDT. Again, this really happens. They called it in the ring. Yes. <laughs> And then Nash wins with it with the jackknife, and Shivani or one of them says he went up for it. Goldberg didn't. Yeah. So then that's just that was fake. The second half of the match was also fake. Scott Steiner is also a fake wrestler, and they just did an on-the-fly match to make up the fact that the unprofessional Goldberg had left. Um, <laughs> they <laughs> so had yes. look. They had a script. They had the script for the triple yes. threat match. They always Goldberg up as well, right? They, this is the time to show. They go not on here. Not on the script. It's phony script we got here. Goldberg was he's not doing business not doing good business went into business for himself and yes. because of that Nash and Steiner two pros as explained by commentary yes. they had to just put it together call it in the ring like they used to do back in the the good old days of professional wrestling because they are pros nothing <laughs> nothing is better than just like hammering over the head this is yeah. fake this is real it's so fake this is no a work shoot it's, yeah yes. <laughs> There's a, and I want to make this clear, I'm not like adding what this is a direct quote from Tony Schwani. Goldberg wouldn't take the power bomb, but Scott Steiner did. And I assume this is supposed to like get Scott over as a baby face. Like he'll lose. Good on him, like, And then we, we close this with a post match in which it got, it cuts to the commentary desk. And like Tony Schiavone looks like he has just seen ghosts. He can't fathom it. He's like his hair. He's looking around, and Hudson calls Bill Goldberg a crybaby, and Tony Schiavone says, anyway, now moving on to the World Tag Team Championship, which was the last match before this match. <laughs> yeah. he's, he doesn't even remember what he's seen at this point. His he's script got messed up. 
Well, clearly. And in the best thing is, he actually looks at his script. <laughs> so I'm willing to believe that that was actually like a purposeful Vince Russo. Look, we're out of control. He doesn't even know the order of the matches. Um, in all oh, you think you think this is a, a shoot by Russo of like, oh, we're so out of control. I thought it was just Shivani just being like, what in the fuck is going on with this show? <laughs> I should have checked it before we did the show, but you said there was a mud wrestling match on here. Yes. Right? Yeah. Is that the one in which poor Stacey Keebler is like, she starts feeling stomach pain and they're just like, she's pregnant. I believe so. Yes. I believe. Which is believe one of the most incredible <laughs> medical um, announcements in the history of wrestling, right? She's stomach pains, pregnant, done, <laughs> finished. I, look, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, there's a charm to some WCW stuff that is like, bless them, man. They were trying. <laughs> this is just so bad. It's terrible. And, and I'm sorry, but 20 years later, there are still accounts out there that are like, Check the ratings. Russo's the answer. Like, I'm sorry, guys. This is as bad as it gets. It's actually a match built around the bait, like the good guys being pro enough to lose. Just terrible. The worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have nothing. The pre-match promo Kevin Nash did, where he's like, "I'm go, I'm going over. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not doing the job." I, I don't remember he does he does one pre-match promo where he's like I'm going over on the show and then he does one on like Nitro or Thunder where he's like I'm doing the job or I'm not doing the job like Nash is just out of like spoiling the match he's like look everybody I'm going over I don't know who I'm pinning but I'm definitely going over okay clearly he was supposed to pin Goldberg Goldberg the unprofessional prick was like no you're not pinning me because as as explained he, he doesn't want to look bad and then so, but Nash was still going over. They called the match on the fly. I don't know what your issue with this match is, Joseph. It was all perfectly explained right there. Like the almost <laughs> the worst part of all of it is that Vince Russo like confronts Goldberg. Yeah, <laughs> he gets in his face. Like, Get right in there. What is happening? Get in there what, and lay down for sad. this pinfall. Take this jackknife like a pro. You know, honestly, like, and I'm totally with the notion that like. WCW is going to die anyway, and the merger and stuff that I'm nowhere near as educated on as others. Like, I'm with all of that. But it, this is a legit assassination by Russo. Like, yes. I totally get why like, Arn Anderson still believes he worked for WWE for 18 years and he's still like, he was a special agent. <laughs> the best I'm going to go off kill here Arn Anderson, I haven't listened to a lot of his podcasts, but the bits I listen to, I'm left wondering if Arn is doing like a bit or he's just like, he's next level great. And I think it's the latter. He's asked for a story, Jeremy, about Rick Rude. And I'm excited. Arn Anderson telling a story about Rick Rude. He explains that one day he was in the gym and Rude came in and lifted weights for like 10 minutes. And Arn's like, he goes, never once did I see his eyes open. He was sleepwalking. What? <laughs> like, Arn believes that Rick Rude lifted weights while sleepwalking and he's, he refuses the notion that his eyes were just like a little like I don't know man dude did a lot of drugs I don't know maybe his eyes just weren't open that wide on he's like he was sleepwalking and he whispers it into the microphone he's he is glorious man it, what, what a wonderful uh, piece of the pro wrestling puzzle he is but yes he, he was, was on convinced. Raw he was on Raw this past Monday yeah I know well, what a punt he took um, he yeah, he, I totally get why he looks at Russo as like he was sent over to murder. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I watch this as him, I'll be like, yeah, this is the end. It's wild. It's we actually take for granted how bad it is. And I mean, and as someone that's gone through and watched all the TVs, it's so much worse than you could ever imagine if you haven't watched it. Like it actually needs to be consumed. 
people turn heel and babyface from Nitro to Thunder, like one <laughs> after the other. It's incredible. Uh, this match. Do do we know what they were trying to accomplish besides just get people talking? I mean that that's the Russo thing, right? Yeah. Like just just get people talking, get headlines and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess they accomplished it. the The company stayed in business for another six months or however long it was. Yeah. I think the follow up to this is when the show starts with Russo and Tank Abbott, and Tank has been like a comedy character with Freakout, and Russo's like. I've got a real shoot fight with me, bro. Like, come down and... Oh, man, it's real bad. It's very sad. But the almost the craziest thing is that 20 years later, Bill Goldberg has been world champion this year. <laughs> and he's got because, four more matches left. Yes, because in 2000, he appears to be dead. Like, it's finished yeah. at this point. So, I don't know. It's a weird industry, but these things must be viewed to know how bad it can get. Trust me, this will make you appreciate whatever Thunderdome contraption is on coming. This is very, very bad. Uh, my pick for next week, you actually mentioned it a few weeks ago. And uh, this man is back. He's on WWE television now as well. Um, the last rights match from oh. Destination X yeah. 2007 between Sting and Abyss. I had no recollection of this match until you yeah. brought it up the other week of like, yeah, there's a coffin that comes down from a ceiling. And I was like, I want to rewatch this match right now. <laughs> this is the match. I'm pretty certain. This is the match with the impact zone, which at that time is like the happiest group of wrestling fans <laughs> ever. They love everyone. And they start doing the fire. <laughs> I mean, I cannot this is, um, yeah, it's my, I mean, speaking of things that are incredible, that what year is that? Like 2007. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. TNA, like are currently doing their 29th rebuild. Amazing. <laughs> they, they truly are hard to kill. Right. But I'm looking forward to, I haven't watched that match. To be honest, I may have never properly seen it. There's just certain elements of it that we've all seen, I think. I mean, there's... I'm pretty sure the cast, it, like, folds in. Uh, uh, you know, spoilers. I'm, I don't want to... <laughs> this is saying... This is saying different. And we also have Don and Mike on the call, which is always beautiful. Yes. Always magic. That's why I keep picking these TNA matches, just mainly to get uh, more Don West on this program, because why wouldn't we yeah. want more Don West on this program? I agree. Uh, yeah. We have as much time as we want, but I don't want to go too, too long. Joseph's our basketball team suck. Yeah, they do. That, so, that's that's my transition. That's my setup. Our basketball teams are not good. Your team is down two nothing. I mean, they're eliminated. Let's yeah, not to be mean. Yeah. They they checked out last game. Yes. You could one hundred percent checked out. My team. By the time everyone is listening to this, the pessimistic side of me is saying they are down two nothing after two straight blowouts. Maybe there's maybe they win, but I'm just gonna assume they're down two nothing. Joe. What what happened this season with the Sixers? I don't look. Here's my. You got, you got three saying, minutes to tell me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna open with saying that's like relatively fair, in saying that yes, I understand it's difficult without Ben Simmons. I get it. It's the worst team because he got like he's the guy you throw out there. You know, two of their best three players. I get it, hundred percent. But I've watched this team with Ben Simmons, and trust me. <laughs> There's very little difference. Now, defensively, yes, but the rest of it is a mess. I don't know what happened here, Jeremy. I think both of us felt this would be a very good team. Like, yes. I'm not alone on this. Very smart people thought this would be a good team. Clearly, we were all wrong. Um, I want to send love and best wishes to my friend and my stand-in father, parent, uncle, brother, cousin, Brett Brown, who has taught me many lessons. 
and I've learned a lot from him and his sort of calm, philosophical demeanour. However, it appears that he's no longer... Um, <laughs> he's no longer suitable as a choice. I mean, here's the truth. There's a lot of people that have convinced themselves if we just fire Brett and hire, like, a TNT analyst, championship. Pay a break <laughs> to you guys. It's not going to happen that way. Mark Jackson's going to turn things around, pal. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it is time to go, unfortunately, for, for poor Brett. And I feel for him, but um, it's tragic. It, they're so bad. They can't even do like entry passes to Embiid. I he's saw. Like, I it saw. looks like they've never met each other, and they've just been given jerseys. Like, Go for it, guys. Good luck. He's crazy. I look. I thought this team. I think I had this team going to the finals. Like I had them losing to the Clippers in the finals. I was not alone. Yes. I was not alone in thinking this team was going to be very good. People inside the NBA, much smarter, not Barkley and those guys, but like actual smart people when it comes yeah. to basketball, thought this was going to. They're they're of the mind, and my friend is of the of the same mind of like just acquire talent and they'll figure it out. Like just get as much talent, and that's what the Sixers did. Like Simmons, Embiid, Horford, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson. You're like that's a really good starting five. You would take any of those players before the season anyway. You would take yeah. any of those players on your team, it, it, no matter what role you want them in. You would take them on your team, and you put them all together. You think they'll figure it out. They never figure it out. Like, just never figured out. Like, it, this is, is a poorly constructed roster. Yeah. You know, it, it is partially on the coach because the co- it's the coach's job to make this work and to figure that out. But the roster construction is also just very bad. Yeah. Like, very, very bad. It doesn't help that Tobias Harris just forgot how to shoot, I guess, but... He sucks. It, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure... You I'm got him for another possible. four years at $32 million. I know. <laughs> I'm sure that before on here, I've done the like denial. Well, he's actually good. Like, he's actually real bad, guys. Like, his favorite shot is like a mid range turnaround. Like, it's death. It's the end. He's not made one free in this whole series. I think he's shot like four. He doesn't like shooting threes. I don't know what's happened. I thought that was the point of him is like he's it basically was. like your stretch. We never your stretch you guy. never watched him. We just assumed. We looked at the numbers like, yeah, great shooter. He doesn't actually like He likes to just shoot mid range all day. I don't, look, I don't know. Here's the thing. I was at a stark place last night with this, but I've now realised every other Sixer fan is there too. I think we are all collectively rooting for them to get like, like pummeled two more games like they did last night. I think that's actually best for the franchise. I don't want us to like, and we're not going to, to be clear, but it would almost be worse if we were like courageous and they could just go, oh, well, if we had Simmons. No, we need to get like humiliated. It's better like this. Yeah. So let's do it in the most awful Let's have Joe and B do the most terrible faces he can on the bench while looking depressed <laughs> and miserable. Or Tobias Harris misses right under the rim. Let's have Al Horford shooting two shots in 25 minutes. Let's have it all go wrong. And then we can try to deal with the issues that remain. Because there are many. Many beyond just poor Brett. <laughs> you definitely want you definitely want to just like flame out in the most spectacular yeah. way. Because I remember I was done with the Scott Brooks era of the thunder and that was when durant was hurt for pretty much the entire season and westbrook was injured a lot but westbrook was back for those final games and they they were like they had control of the eight seed and people were just like oh we can get the eight seed you know durant's gone but like scott brooks can stay salvage his job and everything it's like no this era is done like we we don't move on yeah we've got to move on and like i was happy that they missed the playoffs like good there's no no excuses like they just missed it they choked away that eighth seed that you got to fire this guy and they did and like donovan is what he is but sometimes you just got to move on 
from that kind yes. of stuff. And this is a team that's got to move on, at least from the coach. The problem is, I don't know how you're moving on from this roster. Like, tough. Harris and Horford, I don't, I don't like saying any contract is untradeable because there's somebody out there who will take mm. on these contracts. Those are tough contracts to trade. Like, you got to throw in draft picks. You got to throw in some of your rookies or actual players who might be good for you. And then who knows what you're getting in return. Like, you're, you've got to take money back as well, or yeah. you've got to find a team that has the cap space for this stuff. And many teams, the GMs are not dumb. They've seen these, this team play. They're not, they're not lining up to make offers for Tobias Harris for another three years at $32 million. I, I don't know if the NBA world agrees with this. The Sixers fans, I think we've all kind of collectively come to the conclusion. I think Hallford is actually movable because I know it's terrifying money in his age, but the money is decreasing. And more than that, he could be like one of those guys where if you haven't got a centre, if your best player isn't a centre, like I know the Kings were interested in him and, I mean, don't even like... If we could get... If we could even dare to add a shooter for Al Horford, he'd be like, yes. Or even... Um, here's an interesting one, which I don't think they should do because of the youth they have. But like, Zion could be helped a lot by playing next to Al Horford. I genuinely believe this. And... Because like, he can stretch a little bit as a five, you know? Yeah. He's not going to get in Zion's way. So, like, if you could get, like, I don't know, man, JJ and something, like, I don't know, one of their bigger contracts, I'm not sure. I think, I, I think look, Horford can be useful. Harris can even, like, these guys can be useful. You basically just yeah. sell the idea of, like, they can be useful elsewhere. They're not useful to us. But you've got to convince another GM to be like, yeah, they could be useful here at this money. Yeah over what we could do with this money. I do think Al Horford could be useful because like, he's still going to set good screens. He's still going to do his dribble handoff stuff and, and play smart. It just doesn't work on this team because nobody's taking those dribble handoffs. Yeah. There's no spacing to do any of that stuff. But on the right team, yes, Tobias Harris, yeah, on the right team, that, that contract is awful. That's a lot harder. That's, yeah. that's an awful contract. And I also think for a franchise that hasn't like won a lot in the last few years, they could look at Hawthorne. But look, for me, I know Hawthorne hasn't got a championship under his belt, but like he's a winning player, right? Like he could yeah. help a lot of teams as far as the way he acts. Tobias, there's a real argument that guy just isn't a winning player in any definition of it. Like, and I think he's an awesome guy, and I think his intentions are great in like leading the team. But that <laughs> style of player is really tough. It's you're basically stuck with him. So you kind of need to make. He has to be the four. Us convincing ourselves he could play the free was very... Um, this is very sad. This is now getting sad. It always goes back to the summer. That's the worst part of talking about the Sixers. Like, you can't talk about them without remembering all of the excitement of last summer. So I don't know. It sucks. But I'm hoping, Jeremy, that when we return to the distraction, when, it, when we're reviewing that Kurt Angle film next week, <laughs> we will be looking at a very different outlet for you, at least. Because look, here's the thing with you guys. There is something to be said for, like, the Rockets are hard to, like, adjust to. But at least now you've seen it, because they do a lot of weird things, especially defensively. They're a very strange team. So hopefully you guys can figure something out and make it a fun series at least. See, I don't think the Rockets are... I don't think they do that many weird things, honestly. Like, they switch... I think the Rockets... This is, the, this is, this is truthfully the brilliance of the Rockets, is they tell you what their game plan is, and they make you adjust to them. Yes. And you either do it or you don't. Like, they switch everything on defense. It's a very simple concept. They you, they switch everything. So you either find mismatches on the perimeter, and your perimeter guys have to get by 
uh, Covington or Tucker or whoever out there, whoever's out there, or your bigs have got to punish their their smaller guards and stuff. They're just very good at like those guys are good at guarding the perimeter and their their smaller guys are good at guarding the post and they they fool a lot of teams into just like not running their offense be like oh we got yes. this mismatch like let's take advantage yeah. of this a lot and, of isolation yeah. Exactly, yeah and like that's how they want you to play and offensively again you know what they're gonna do it's gonna be Harden or Westbrook driving or Harden taking a step back and then it's just a matter of okay how are you gonna defend that do you give up the corner three do you try like mm. is Harden gonna draw the foul everyone knows what they're going to do obviously it's there there's little minor details that are that are there as well but grand scheme of things this is what they do it's just a matter of are you going to adjust your game plan to them are you just going to live with what they do and hope that you can beat them with that uh it's up to okc to adjust and and this is my fear of Everyone wants to point to Billy Donovan and be like, look what he did in 2016. Look, that Spurs series. He went with Adams and Cantor. Spurs had no answer for that. The Warriors series. He countered the the death lineup with uh, Ibaka, Durant, Waiters, Westbrook, and whoever else was there. I, maybe Robertson. But, like, you know, they had the counter for all of this stuff. Okay, they beat the Spurs. Great. They, they still lost to the Warriors. I don't think that was so much scheme. I think that was the superstar just not shooting and then being afraid to shoot um but since then dude he's won four playoff games in three years like there was no adjustments made in those series none and one of those wins was because paul george and russell westbrook just shot the lights out like they both dropped 50 in a game there was no great game plan for that it's just like hey go do superstar things and that's what they did i don't know if he's this like great adjuster that people want to make him out to be just because he had success in 2016. And that's what scares me moving forward. Yeah, I get that. I just, I haven't watched obviously nearly as much of you guys as you have, but like, I, I know that the offense should not look nearly as stagnant as it did. Yeah. You know, that was, that very much to me seemed like each possession guys try to capitalize on what you were just talking about with the mismatches. But the problem is without, I mean, I know we've gone long here, but I'll, I'll basically what we're that's getting fine. at is, with the the way they've changed their lineup, there's a lot less to make of those mismatches than there was with a Capella coming out to the to Premier. You know, right. like Covington is he's very comfortable. That's where he'd rather be rather than guarding the centres and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's just interesting to see how they what they can do with Adams. I think he's a big part of it, obviously. But I it think... was it was not a good start. But it's only first game, right? That's the yeah, thing. and I don't want to put look one game happens everyone throws exactly. out these hot takes after one games and like that's what the playoffs is it's about adjusting it's about yeah. punching counter punching okc's got to come up with a counter punch i think they have the personnel to do it like shay's got to be shay's got to be much better he hasn't been good in the bubble and that's worried me uh schroeder's yeah. got to be better chris paul's going to be fine i'm not too concerned about him but they've mm-hmm. they've just got to figure something out to counter the switch everything scheme because they they didn't have an answer for it uh last game and you've got to do that by running more off ball screens and stuff you can't just like run take trying to take advantage chris paul can't beat his man anymore it's like i hate to say it he just can't do that that's not who he is at this point he can do it in houston uh but even at the end of last year with houston you could tell he just didn't have that 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 burst anymore uh shea and schroeder should be able to beat their man a little bit better and if they can't 
they're going to be a lot of trouble and you've got to do something different offensively than just try to go isolation because that's not going to work. J- just run your offense. Like their offense is actually pretty competent. Just just yes. run the offense. Don't get fooled yeah, into Houston's mind games because so many teams do. I'm not asking this to be a dick. I'm being serious. Is there a, right now, hand on heart, who are you picking to win the championship? Um, honestly, like, I, I said this with my, my with my friend earlier. If I'm picking based on just what we know right now and not what I think is going to happen and what, like, the potential is, I'm picking the Raptors. Like, the Raptors have been the best team in the bubble, and yeah. they, they look like the most just cohesive team. Like, it doesn't look like there's any issues with that team. Yes, I, I can't disagree with that. Like, I I was messing with you about the Rockets. The Rockets, we've said for a few weeks now, right? The Rockets are terrifying. They are, like, yeah. actively scary. The LA teams, man, it's wide open, man. Like, once, like, my team is going to be out very soon. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to just enjoying it. No, but I mean, like, officially, I don't even have to suffer. Right, again. right. Like, yeah. I can just move on. Um, and I'm looking forward to sort of just watching it uh, more freely, which I'm sure, because, you know, the weirdest thing, Jeremy, and you know this, when every team you watch appears to play better basketball than your team, it's very sad. <laughs> it's very, very sad. You're like, oh, look, they can just, they can just pass it into the post. This is easy. It's weird. But, yeah, this is really my day to be sad. I, I'm hoping by the time this airs, you'll be happy. People should go to your Twitter right now as they're watching this for Jeremy's celebrations after the 30-point win no, with a Steve Adams quadruple double. If, if they lose, people are going to go to my Twitter and be like, ha, your team sucks still. But like, That'd be mean. Yeah, I mean, look, people have been mean to me on Twitter these past couple of days, all right? So they, they don't have an issue being mean to me. Yeah. That's true. You should do a tweet. <laughs> if you guys win or lose, whatever, you should do the exact Renee Young tweet, but switch out. <laughs> Her name for a basketball player and switch out WWE for a basketball team. That's what you should do. Okay? I'm, I'm looking forward to this now. Whatever, if the Rockets lose, do it one of their players. If your guys lose, do it one of them. That would be tremendous. I, I no will totally do it, that. I will. I, I will do that. Sure. Why okay. Not? <laughs> uh, I hope uh, I'm in a good mood on Twitter by the time everybody yes. is listening to this. Um... Joseph, I'm sorry about your team, buddy. It's tough, it's but it's better. It's it's honestly better this way. It is. Like, it's it really, it truly way. is. We don't need to lie to ourselves any yeah. longer. Right? Let's confront these truths. Let's bid farewell to our hero and our king. And we will move on <laughs> with a very happy Joel Embiid, who definitely doesn't hate his whole team. <laughs> definitely. Definitely doesn't hate everything. He's happy. He's ready to go. Next year, bro. We're coming next year. Be ready, Jeremy. We're coming. <laughs> Uh, we will be back on Tuesday. What movie are we reviewing? Kurt Angle, Kevin Nash, Sid yes. Vicious. Uh, River of Darkness. River of the, the Hunt is on. River of Darkness, yes. The Hunt is yeah. on. Uh, two weeks in the making. Um, we had the They Live review this past Tuesday. I managed to salvage that. Very proud of myself on that one. Saturday is the TEW series. We're wrapping up this version of the TEW series. There's only like three episodes left, I think. Maybe four. But not too many more episodes left of this version. Uh, also Saturday, for some reason, I've been entrusted with hosting the TakeOver podcast review. Look, NXT's banned from this program. I haven't watched that show in like four months. I don't know <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to be talking about on Saturday, everybody. But I'm doing the show. Alex Pulowski is going to be on with me. Uh, everyone check that out. Friday, I'm still doing. I'm, uh, Joseph always calls me the point god. I'm running just everything on yes. this here website so hey, many shots going hey, up you're hey, a <laughs> yeah get that cash it's, 
the offense lives and dies with Jeremy Lambert. This, this is what it is. If you don't like these shows, like you need to blame the shooters because he's getting it to us. We just need to knock him down. It's very simple. Uh, we'll be back next week talking SummerSlam Fallout, Retribution ruining the main event, um, and whatever else happens. Thanks, yeah. everybody, for listening. Follow Joe on Twitter. Jesus. I already do these long outros, and then I forget half the stuff I'm supposed to plug. Follow Joe on Twitter, at JoeHobart5. Feature, Randy Orton feature went yes. up. That was the only SummerSlam yes. feature. Yes. Are you doing the a only... payback feature? <laughs> I may. I was supposed to do a lot of... I must say... It's quite sad that I opted against doing all these SummerSlam features because a lot was going on. I didn't want to kind of put pressure on myself. And like, I don't think I've missed any big stories. No. I kind of feel like this This is the story. Randy Orton, he's excellent. I like... For, listen, here's the deal. Breaking news for anyone that's watched this podcast for eight months. I like Randy Orton. If you would like to read me saying the things I say on here, man, it's, it's a great thing. But it's pretty cool. I'm pretty happy with it. Randy Orton feature... Enjoy the summer fest, and I may actually write one about payback. I may. You'll see the card and be like, what am I doing with this? (laughs) No way. No way. Uh, All right, check out Joe's feature on Randy Orton. Bully him into doing a feature for payback on Dominic Mysterio after he has his uh, first professional win on Sunday. And we will talk to everybody on Saturday with the TEW series. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.